Thank you for joining us for this chapel message from the campus of Columbia International University in Columbia, South Carolina. Our mission at CIU is to educate people from a biblical worldview to impact the nations with the message of Christ. Good morning, Church Refresh. Good morning. Let's try that one more time. Good morning, Church Refresh. I got to correct one thing Dr. Rogers said, I, not the part about him being my friend, that's real. Uh, I might be at CIU for this PhD, you know, that's the hope, that's the hope and the joy. We'll see, because uh, they got a great program here. Well, I want to start by saying good morning, and it's an honor to be here and serve. Uh, it is a joy to be able to speak on something that matters to me deeply, and that's leadership in a post-pandemic environment. Let me validate what I'm about to share with you with this. I was an associate pastor bivocationally in Rock Hill uh, for just about four years, but I didn't senior pastor anywhere before I started pastoring in the pandemic. August of 2020, the first day of August, I started pastoring First Northeast Baptist Church. So I don't know pastoring outside of the pandemic. So folks today, they're like, what did you do? Well, I, we trust, we wait on the Lord. <laughs> I mean, but you have to learn how to practically navigate the waters you're in. One of my mentors, he said this, great sailors are not made in calm seas. And great leaders are not forged in easy circumstances. And so if you're wanting an easy work with an easy pass, a coasting road to follow, then don't follow Jesus. I'm, I'm going to try that one more time because y'all coffee might not have kicked in yet. Jesus doesn't promise easy. He actually will, if you read what he's telling you in the Gospels as he's talking to the disciples, it's almost like he's talking them out of following him along the way. Die unto yourself, take up your cross daily, deny your own wishes, you're going to face tribulation trials, but be of good cheer. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus, for the heads up. But there's no greater calling than that which is to call and pastor and to serve the great and living God. There is no greater assignment than that is which to be a part of equipping saints to go and reach the lost who are dying in this world today. Because if we're not careful, we'll say it's too hard to serve Jesus. We'll say it's too hard to serve Jesus. We get a couple of hits here and there, and we want to quit because we got bludgeoned a few times, or someone else ran into us really hard, and we did a little conflict in the business meeting. Oh, y'all not with me yet. Yeah. They mailed 150 letters of lies on you. Did y'all not hear Psalm 27? The wicked will—if the evil people are not attacking you, you're not going the right way. The greater the resistance, the greater the obedience and assignment. How do you lead in a post-pandemic environment? Let me tell you this. Can you imagine for a moment? We've got some football fans in here, I'd imagine. American football, not international football. That's football. In American football, could you imagine one minute the Eagles are right here and the Cowboys are right here? I covered most of the room. And the offensive lineman gets to, ready for his stance, and the other lineman on the opposing team gets up and hits him when the snap is called. 
And the moment that he gets hit, he goes, wait a minute. I didn't sign up for getting hit. I, I work out. I eat. I train, but I didn't sign up for hits. I quit because this is difficult. Let me go over this side, Dr. Rogers. They're not talking to me. They're not talking to me. Could you imagine for a minute if the defensive end is ready to go and hit the quarterback, but the moment he gets some resistance from the opposing line, he decides. The other, the other people in the stands, they're talking bad about me. The wide receiver misses a single catch. All of a sudden, I quit this game. I don't want to lead you in a way of misunderstanding. Leading the Lord's people will not get easier. I only got three years under my belt. It's only gotten harder in that short period of time. This is year four. I'm like, Lord, whatever you want to do, let's do it. My first year, I had the joy of watching 64 people join our church. That summer, I got in a car accident, totaled the vehicle, discovered I had a brain tumor. Three months later, after having my third child, <laughs> I was gone from my church for two months to recover. Talk about trusting the Lord. Be a new pastor and be told be away for two whole months. See how much your people have heard you say we need to keep going. Only to come back and then another 108 people join your church. You see people stepping into their assignment and their roles being consistent. Let me tell you something. As goes the leader, as goes the people. If they see you always crying and moaning and quitting, why are you going to expect the welcome team to welcome anybody? How are you going to expect the folks who are cleaning and preparing and getting food ready and serving the needy or your deacons you're sending out to hospitals and prayer, how do you expect them to continue and fight the good fight if they see you always considering your resignation? My best friend said this, hand your resignation to Jesus first. And if he tells you it's okay to quit, let me get into this text. There's about five whole sermons in James chapter one. I'm in the epistle of James chapter one. I'm not going to preach all five of them for you. There's more degrees in this room than a circle. So I'm not going to have to exegete at all, but I would like to read it with you and see what James has to say about how to walk, live, and maneuver in a post-pandemic environment. But let me make this clear. The sin pandemic hasn't gone anywhere and it's not going anywhere. As long as there is flesh, there will be sin. Jesus has defeated it. He's won. The completed work is there. Don't misunderstand what I'm saying. What I'm saying is there will always be temptation for you to fall into. And if you're not intentional with killing sin, sin will be very intentional with killing you. You have to stand strong. You have to, as the psalmist said in Psalm 27, I hope you didn't miss that, wait on the Lord. Don't get tired of waiting. Don't get weary in doing what's good. Stay faithful. Let's look at what James says in his epistle, beginning at verse 1. 
I'm in the New American Standard, because this is a highly educated group, so I didn't want to go New King James, somebody kicked me out. <clears throat> James, a bondservant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the 12 tribes who are dispersed. Listen to the context he's giving you right now. He says, I know you've been scattered. I know you're abroad. I know you're hiding. I know you're fleeing. Stephen got martyred. We're all running. He's aware of the situation. He gets that out of the way. To each of you that are out there doing things separate from each other, homes are ransacked. You have actually had to live in other places. You had to build a new life. New, 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 new change. New, new, sound familiar? Okay. I don't want you to miss this. The Lord already knew what you would go through before you go through it. And as unprepared as you may think you are, or as ill-equipped you think you may be, God should be your foundation for everything. And if he is truly the rock, the stronghold, the mighty tower, if that's true, y'all remember the psalm, right? Whom shall I fear? To those who are dispersed abroad, greetings. I love that. Verse 2, he jumps right into it. I love James. He says this, Consider it all joy, my brethren, when, when, not if, you encounter that word, actually in the Greek would mean fall into, unplanned circumstance. When you encounter various trials, not specific trials you've heard of already, Okay, let me help you. Nothing in the message I'm going to tell you today is going to tell you everything you will face in the future. Who thought we'd face a virus pandemic in 2020? I'll tell you where I was on that weekend, March 15th of 2020. I know you're like, golly, you remember the date? Yes. I was preaching a D now for another church in Lancaster, South Carolina. If y'all don't remember, that was the first place where 20 cases of COVID showed up in our state. And there I was. The church down the street canceled their D now. They had about 1,100 kids. We had about 400 kids. Half of their kids came to this church where I was now preaching. Two of the kids said, that was my aunt that has COVID. I'm sitting there about to preach like, what is we going to do with this? I got a thousand kids, and one of them might be the outbreak monkey. Jesus, we here? We here. Okay. So I preached the word faithfully all weekend. Sunday morning, churches across our state have already closed their doors. No, no solution to the door closing issue. Just we'll talk about it in a meeting on Monday. <laughs> This church said, no, our door is open, Pastor. Preach the word for us. Eleven people gave their life to Christ on that day. I didn't baptize them. They're not notches on my belt. That was the Lord's doing. I didn't call them there. I hadn't been dealing in their life. But let me explain this to you. If you're not sure that you're going to face various trials, then you're not sure that God is still God and that he's still in control and that he can't still deliver you out of anything. Watch this, verse 3. Knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. Now, here's the problem. 
Some of us don't have a practical way to define faith. We use the syllogism in Hebrews 11, verse 1, and we say, our faith is the substance of things hoped for and evidence of things not seen. Can I give you a practical definition for faith? Knowledge, belief, and trust with your actions. Okay, let me equate it for you. When you sat down in the seat that you're in, did you check every screw, bolt, or the dexterity of the seat cushion? Did you check anything before you sat down? No. Did you check the manufacturer? Did you talk to a host of the school and say, let me be certain, let me see a receipt to see what was paid for. Are you insured for this chair? Or did you know what it was you were getting into? You believed it would sustain not only the weight that you brought to the chair, but that it could have after the years and years people sitting on it. You believed that on your heart, and you trusted it by sitting down on it without question. You didn't say, give me a moment to pray first before I do this. You sat down. How can you put more faith in an inanimate object than you can in the almighty, everlasting, eternal, powerful God? Faith produces endurance. Verse 4, and let endurance have its perfect result. Endurance, to continue, to keep going. It's doing something not only unto you, because God has to do a work to you before he does a work through you. And so here we have it here, a perfect result so that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. He's refining you. He's preparing you. I like the word but in the Bible also, because but in the Bible means a pivot. Watch this. But if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God. Let me tell you what the contradiction in today's society is. I don't know what to do with this. Let me ask TikTok. I don't know how to take this societal circumstance. Let me go to TikTok wisdom. Let me tell you what you don't know when you just trust to do. Man, okay, even home remedy stuff. You put a little lemon juice here, a little baking powder here. You put a squeeze of orange, you then put some. Do you know them? Do you know where they're from? Their history, their family circumstances, their faith? But all of a sudden, you're ingesting in your body whatever they told you was going to have this result for you? Do they have a degree in this? How many failed attempts have they made? But for some reason, you will swipe on your phone and trust them and what they say, and you will take it and do it without a second thought. If they offer a product to sell, click and send. But when the Lord says, do thus, I have said it. I got to ask two or three people first. I don't know. I, I got to go talk to somebody. I need that. Somebody have a meeting. Somebody pray over me. This trial is hard. The Lord just said, don't give up on people. Don't give up on me, thus saith the Lord. He said, wait on me. But you're lacking wisdom. You want to get it from somewhere else. The Lord has it all. Let me get back in here because I ain't gotten my first point yet. I'm a good Baptist, so I got three points for you. But I just, I got it through this big chunk. I just went through three of the sermons already. But, again, another pivot. Let him ask of God 
who gives to all generously without reproach, and it will be given to him, verse 6, but he must ask in No, believe, trusted your actions. Ask in faith without what? Without what? Y'all doubted the response, and it's right there in the book. I'm asking you what it says without. Some of y'all mouthing the words, and you'll see. If we can't be confident in the text right here, what are you going to do out there with lost people? Well. Let's not be the frozen chosen this morning. We got something to do. For one who doubts is like the surf of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. Y'all read Ephesians 4. Don't be tossed to and fro like children of every wind of doctrine that comes. Verse 7, that man ought not to expect that he will receive anything. Okay, let me explain this one time really fast because it'll make sense. Imagine me outside about to pick up something to put in my car. You look at me and you go, hey, I should probably help him because he looks small. And so you come over and the moment you come say, hey, I'd like to help you. And I go, wait a minute, can you help me? I'm not sure you're strong enough to pick that up. I mean, you say you can do it, but I've never seen you do this before. I, didn't you just come to help me and all of a sudden I'm insulting you by doubting you? What's a natural person going to do? Oh, you got it. <laughs> you got it. Sorry I troubled you. Right? But somehow, we go to the Lord and we go, I don't know if you can. I'm not sure of your love yet. You hadn't done enough for me. The circumstances you put me in, they are challenging, Lord. So I think I know you, but I'm not sure. I kind of believe, but I sure ain't going to show you trust today. Oh, that's just my prayer time? Mm. How about this? If we're looking directly at the text one more time, it says, for that man, this is person, not male or female, okay? This person ought not expect that he will receive Now, let me be clear. I'm not telling you that if you have no faith, you get nothing. I've doubted and seen God do amazing stuff. What I am saying, don't make that your consistent practice to doubt God every time. At some point, you say, Lord, I know you can. And I'll trust your will. Because if you will, it will happen. Verse 8, being a double-minded, unstable in, okay, y'all ain't tracking yet, unstable in, <laughs> show me someone that doubts God at every chance they get, I'll show you someone you better not trust yourself either. But. The brother of humble circumstances is to glory in his proposition. 
and the rich man is to glory in his humiliation? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Glory in his humiliation? Because like flowering grass, he will, not he might, he will pass away. For the sun rises and with a scorching wind and withers the grass and its flowers fall and the beauty of its appearance is destroyed. So too, the rich man in the midst of his pursuits will fade away. What happened in the pandemic? What shut down the three greatest idols the world's ever known? Economy, sports, and social status and activity. The Lord went. The Olympics were that year. Are we not tracking right now? People still go to Japan for the Olympics. There are athletes who were at their prime during the pandemic who had to now train equally as hard. You know as well as I do. You study a little harder before the test. Okay. They were about to go to the Olympics. You think they weren't training knowing they had now been approved to go? And now, poof. Kids who were about to graduate couldn't go to prom, couldn't have a walk across the stage experience. Yes, this is a trying circumstance. But if we're not careful, we'll miss what this text is telling us. That someone who has put all their dependency on their efforts and their possessions and their abilities and not learned to trust in the Lord our God for their security, for their success, for their next step, then they're looking to die in their sin. I was in Tanzania last year. I'm sorry, I was in Zambia last year. And while I was there, I got to see men doing ministry with little to nothing. Were there some amazingly thriving churches? Absolutely, with all the technological advances of churches here in America. But there were some who barely had chairs for people to sit in when they came. Did not have a toilet for them to use the restroom in. Their restroom barely had a working door. It was a hole in the floor. Saving souls, leading people to Jesus, baptizing them in an oversized barrel that was welded together. Tell me you can't do that with whatever you have right now. I don't know where you're at. I don't know what you have or don't have. I don't know what you've been praying for the Lord to deliver you in your circumstances while you minister unto people. Be faithful. And wait on the Lord. Because he knows what you need. And if you're trusting on something else, you're not trusting in him. You don't necessarily need bigger projectors or bigger speakers. That's not going to do it. You can have all the great stuff in the world. Do, try to do it without the Spirit. I have seen folks get up and try to serve and work without the Holy Ghost present. I can just see him on the front row. Oh, you got it. I don't want the Holy Spirit on the front row of the pew of my church. I need him right here. But if you're not submitted to the Lord all week, worship is not one day a week, family. You either, work, you either worship the Lord seven days a week or you don't worship him at all. But you're going to have people show up at your building, their Bible's been in the car all week. 
Forget hide the word in my heart. They hiding the word in the trunk. You got to show them different. Don't let your pursuits fade away because they're pursuing it in vain. Verse 12, blessed is a man who perseveres under trial. That's the same word in verse 2 right here. Avoid temptation like the plague, y'all, because this is what happens. If you don't persevere, if you don't see it through, you're saying who you trust in. For once he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised. He's assured. Remain faithful. Remember, it breaks my soul to be reminded of how many leaders fall daily from ministry. I've had friends, men of God that I love, who have fallen away because of the temptation to quit. But the Lord has promised to those who love him, right here in verse 12, the crown of life as you endure. Here's my first point, I'm finally there. It won't, I won't take as long to get to the next one. I'm on, they got a timer on a chocolate preacher. Enduring means trusting in Jesus. Escaping is to trust in yourself. Okay, I'm gonna try it one more time. Enduring, Jesus, I trust you. Looking for the way out, I trust what I see. The writing on the wall, if that's not the finger of God in blood, then let that go. Okay, I'm going to try over here then because this side done left me by myself. It's easy to say I'm out. Remember the football players? They give their body every single game to the maximum, risking injury, risking loss, risking shame, risking it all for a dollar. You have the blessed opportunity to give your all, your mind, your body, your very soul to the Lord Jesus in the hopes of being a shining light in a lost and dying world and someone else give their life to Jesus. Don't forget there's an important part of this. In your serving and working, don't forget to make disciples. There's the failure with this generation right now. We've forgotten we're supposed to. You were made to multiply yourself. And if you forget, I need to take someone with me, then you're going to look around 30 years in ministry and no one else be there to lead behind you. Not only do you have no one that you trust to take it over, but you don't see anyone else equipped to take it over. No one who understands it. And now you're saying, Lord, I need to retire. And he's like, yeah, but you left everybody in your wake. I sent you a faithful few and you did without them. You rather them celebrate you than sit with you. <laughs> Enduring means trusting in Jesus. Escaping is to trust in yourself. Oftentimes we forget this very simple psalm, Psalm 66. 
I love verse 10. It says, for the Lord, he has tested us and he has refined us as silver is refined. Any of you know how silver is refined? Any silversmiths in here? Any? No? Well, it starts off with the ugly, dirty rock. Y'all with me? The ugly, filthy, nasty, dirty rock. I remember seeing a silversmith doing his work, and I'll speed up the story, but I get to the part where I look around, there's no clocks in there at all. I said, how do you know when the silver is ready to come out of the fire? He says, look in the cauldron. You know, I'm, I'm brown, okay? It's fire and it's hot. I'm just... This rusty bear claw rascal pushed me. He said, no, look deeper. I said, oh my. And I look into the pot and I said, I don't see anything. He says, you don't see your reflection? No. It's not ready yet. I know when it's ready when I can see myself in the silver. Stop begging God to get out of the trial he's refining you in and let him see himself in you through the trial he has you in. Some of you need to stop asking the Lord for strength because you don't want to take on the weight that comes with the strength that he gives you. If you're not careful, you're not showing him who he is in you during your refining process. You're actually showing him you'd rather be like the world and have it cool. Stop asking for other stuff that you don't need and stop trying to look like somebody else. Jesus says, look like me. Verse 13, let no one say when he is tempted, I am being tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted by evil, and he himself does not tempt anyone. But each one is tempted when he is carried away and enticed by his own. By his own lust. It wasn't put there, it was already there. The hot water just revealed it. I didn't know I had that problem until that issue, the opportunity, the, look, fellas, you can't trip and fall into some woman, okay? You thought about that thing first. Family, money don't just slip and fall in your pocket. I hate, I hate when Someone says to me, just like James is saying here, the Lord did this unto me. You mean the Lord wanted you to sin against him? You mean the same sin that Jesus died for? Is that what you're saying? Are you telling me that you think the Lord approved your sin even though it cost him Jesus? Is that what y'all got? Don't let William Murray change your mind on stuff. I want you to understand something. God is God. We are not. Stop trying to tell God who he is and what he cannot do if you're not repeating what he said about himself from the text first. And when you don't know, which there will be times you don't know. I know y'all looking like this young buck trying to talk junk. I'm not talking junk. I'm telling you what it says. I ran from the Lord. 
He called me out. He said, it's you. It's time to go. And I was like, not yet, Lord. I, I want to have some fun first. And he reminded me, you wouldn't be able to breathe without me. You wouldn't be able to see without me. Those very hands you're using for the thing I said not to, those very feet that you're walking towards the evil I'm against, those very desire that you have in your heart, I gave you that heart. Be careful with your own lust. I love verse 15. He says this. He gives you a, a four-step system. He says, then your lust, when your lust has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And when the sin has been accomplished, it brings forth. Every sin that you commit, it starts with a thought first. It's conceived in your mind. It was already... Excuses are tools of the incompetent, used to build monuments of nothingness, and those who dwell in such suddenly amount to anything. So don't use an excuse to say, this is why. Let me get back here. Verse 16, do not be deceived, my beloved brethren. Every good thing. Given and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of light, with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning, right? No shifting shadow in him. That's obvious. Do I need to expose that? Okay, good. In this, in the exercise of his will, he brought us forth by word of truth so that we would be a kind of first fruits. He's trying to express us our special nature, his special creation, his image bearing. Look, the Imago Dei is real. You look as much like him as I do. So that means you're special. We didn't come from monkeys, single cell organisms. That's another argument. I love verse 19. This you know my beloved brethren, but everyone must be. Oh, y'all ready now, right? Yes. Must be. Quick to hear, slow to speak. Let me pause right there. This is where a lot of us fail. One, we don't listen at all. <laughs> but we heard some noise or a word that triggered us and we just let our mouth kick somebody. Let me give you a helpful, a practical tip. I don't care what kind of ministry you're in, how long you've been doing it. A practical tip to help you. When you hear something that someone says, especially if it is offensive, here's your slow to speak practical application. Don't miss this. Say to them, Here's what I heard you say. Okay, try it at home. The next time someone that you love offends you with their words, here's what I heard you say. You might be surprised when they go, that's not at all what I said. 
or you felt something, you listened with your emotional ear, not your factual ear, and what you heard is not what I said or intended. Not just because you have a hard time listening, but your mind was moving somewhere else and you caught a piece and added a piece and you should have put the, and cut off our piece between us. <laughs> say to them in your slow to speak practice, here's what I heard you say. Not only will that give you time to formulate a proper response that honors God, but it'll give them a chance to, maybe they didn't hear it themselves. You know, some people just like to talk. You ever been sitting with somebody and while they were talking, it was like they were playing double dutch? They were just waiting for you to breathe. Like you're talking, they're like, and as soon as you go, and you're like, I wasn't even finished my sentence, bro. You, I'm talking over here, you way over here having a conversation. You weren't listening. Quick to hear, you ain't even trying to hear. Quick to hear, slow to speak. Leading a post-pandemic environment, remember, where you are and where they are might not be the same. When I teach communication to people, I have to have them understand not only how communication works, but about the environments that people are in. When you're talking to someone, their environment could be completely different than yours, physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. In these four environments, let me tell you what can go wrong. You ever been in pain before? Like a constant, throbbing, consistent pain? And someone tried talking to you? What are you thinking about? And here's the problem. Because of their physical environment being different than your physical environment, you're expecting a certain response, not aware of the environment they're in and what you're saying. You ever talk to someone who's in emotional pain? Have you ever felt emotional pain before? Your very soul was aching? Try having a deep theological or meaningful futuristic missionary conversation with someone who's dealing with their emotional pain. Their current mission is out of the pain, not out in the world. Slow to speak. Maybe start your conversations with, how are you? My brothers gave me this, how's your soul today? We have missed the opportunity to have spiritual conversations with people. Gospel conversations are better, but even just asking someone, hey, what have you been meditating on this week in the Word of God? I got, I got a couple more verses. Quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. If you can slow your speaking and give yourself a pause, you have an opportunity to do this. To remember that anger is a secondary emotion. Discover what you felt first. Disappointment, sadness, betrayal, whatever it is. But 76% of the conflict that we face is because of miscommunications. Okay, y'all missed that one too, huh? 76, could you imagine your life with 76% less conflict? For the anger of man does not achieve the righteousness of God. Point two, accountability 
Accountable, intentional, and disciplined people are needed in order to lead in great trials. My first one was enduring means trusting Jesus. Escaping is to trust yourself. The second one is accountable, intentional, and disciplined people are needed in order to lead in great trials. Be accountable to God, be intentional with others, and be disciplined in your very spirit. All three are necessary, especially, especially when you, look, when you show up to a building and you're preaching to an empty space, if you're dependent on hoops and shouts and hollers to do a good job, you, you fail on the onset because it's empty. Don't be dependent on someone else's shout. Don't wait for them to, no. God is good enough for you to preach the word the right way if no one's listening. And if we're not careful, we'll hope for the glory from someone else than for our life and our message to glorify the Almighty God. So be accountable unto God. Did you do it for through Him? And be intentional with others. Replicate yourself, intentionally equip saints so they can do the work of ministry and be disciplined in your spirit. Because you will be tempted. I got a couple more verses and I'm done. Therefore, putting aside all filthiness. Okay. Don't miss. All filthiness and all that remains of wickedness in humility receive the word implanted, which is able to save your souls. You need the word for yourself first. And then you're able to see a magnificent shift in the atmosphere around you. But if you can't receive the implanted word yourself first, how are you going to help someone else implant it in them? But prove yourselves doers. What a worse hypocritical thing than to be someone who's willing to proclaim a word they don't believe by their own actions. But prove yourselves to be doers of the word and not merely hearers, who delude themselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a man who looks at his natural face in the mirror. For once he looked at himself and gone away, he's immediately forgotten what kind of person he was. A lot of people get confused by this text. I'm make it easy for you like this. Could you imagine me looking in the mirror at myself, walking away and going, man, my blonde hair, blue eyed, buzz cut, man, I'm fresh. That wasn't good enough illustration for you. <laughs> we have to be careful that we don't project something to people that we are not. I'm a humble country boy from Spartanburg, South Carolina. The only guy on this whole docket without a PhD. And you know what? The Lord used a little rascal like myself to preach the gospel and share with people. Not for my own glory, to God be all the glory. And I don't have to get reputation with anyone. I trust in him. And if he wants to say, come home, son, I got to go. You have to ask yourself the question the Lord asked me 14 years ago. I'm wrapping up, preacher, I promise. The Lord asked me, he said, Stephen, if I take you home right now, will you still love me? Young wife, young baby, another one on the way. 
Well, yes, Lord, if you, if you take me on to glory, I'm driving down the interstate at the time, by the way. <laughs> yes, Lord, I love you. I thought, okay, I got that out. I'm doing great. Stephen, if I take your family home to be with me. Will you still love me? That's a hard question. But it tells you where your values lie and in whom you trust. Because to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord anyway, right? What is it don't ask yourself what you're willing to do for ministry. Ask yourself what you're not willing to give up for ministry. That's your idol. Be a doer of the word, not a hearer only. Because some of us will hear it and then go right back to putting our trust in things and in stuff and TikTok. Third 23. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a man with a natural face in the mirror. Y'all got me, right? Verse 25. But one who looks intently in the perfect law of liberty and abides in it, not having become a forgetful hearer, but an effectual doer, this man will be blessed in what he does. If anyone thinks himself to be religious, but does not bridle his own tongue, deceives his own heart. This man's religion is worthless. Remember the soul to speak? Remember the fruit of the Spirit, self-control? Jesus said in Matthew 12, 36, for every idle word you speak, you will be judged. You don't get to just pop off at the mouth because you feel like it. Maybe some of y'all don't need to start a podcast. You need to cash your cares on Jesus first. <laughs> 27. Pure and undefiled religion in the sight of God, our God and Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself unstained from the world. You don't get a pass from doing ministry because you face challenges. You don't get a pass from disciple-making and intentionally investing in the next generation just because you got other stuff to do. I close with this. Point one, enduring means trusting Jesus. Escaping is to trust yourself. Point two, accountability, accountable, intentional, and disciplined people are needed in order to lead in great trials. My last one is this. There is no room for excuses when answering your call to lead. There's no room for excuses when answering your call to lead. Pastor, I don't know how to use Zoom. I don't, I'm not technologically advanced in this era to do these things. I have no idea what it means to... Pause. Remember what I said about next generation? Have young people around you that do know. Let me tell you. My 13-year-old, he turned 13 yesterday. My 13-year-old, he navigates our system of broadcast and stuff way better than I do. I couldn't change the color in the light system. <laughs> he can add symbols and stuff on the screen. <laughs> but 
But if we're not careful, we'll say that's too hard. When you say you can't, you're saying the God that has you can't. Don't give in, don't give up, don't succumb to sin. The Lord knows what you're going through and what you're going to go through. Don't give up now. Leading in any environment literally means this. Be accountable to God, be intentional with others, and be disciplined in your spirit. Kill sin or it'll kill you. And if you ask him for strength, be ready for the weight. And don't get off the field just because somebody tackled you once. Let me pray for us. Father in heaven, Lord, these are your people. They needed your word. They needed your way. And Lord, you know where they are and what they need. Lord, I pray by your spirit, you move in on them. May they be encouraged, uplifted, undergirded in their mind, as Peter said, Father, so that they may do the work, answer the effectual call, Lord, that they may not be fearful of who may be in front of them. But as David said, if there's a whole army encamped around me, whom shall I fear? I will trust in you and may their life be a reflection of you. May their, may their self and their image be a reflection of you by how they love and trust because they have faith in you because you said to know you is salvation, not to know about you. And so we will know you, we will believe in you and we'll trust you with our actions. We ask this all in Jesus' name and all of God's children said, Amen. We hope you found this message a blessing to your life. More Columbia International University Chapel messages are available at iTunes and at podcast.ciu.edu. Learn more about CIU's undergraduate, seminary, and graduate programs at our website, ciu.edu. Columbia International University educates people from a biblical worldview to impact the nations with the message of Christ. Thank you for the opportunity to minister to you today.